I analyze dreams to keep my head level Strip mining the system to stare at the devil A whiny voice flexing but it got no real power You tell them to flee and they'll be gone in an hour One words are like brass knuckles connecting to y'all's jaws of glass I ain't losing, I don't lose, so fight fair This is for the real ones who ears are open, no they're here There's a reason my voice comes through while you're sitting here Something gets a fine tooth, a bump on your way to work And other know the spirit is hitting in, so let it work Yeah Ladies and gentlemen, you're tuned in to Glory Podcast. I'm your host, Monk. On today's episode, we're going to talk about parenting, but also this will help you if you are in a position where you work with people because it has to do with how we see people in different positions. However, I'm looking at the angle as a parent and how to handle my own children. And as I'm speaking these things, when I'm speaking to you, I'm speaking to self because I don't have it all figured out and I don't walk this thing out perfectly, you know? But plugs, get the little Nook mixtape that's out on Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you get your digital streaming going on. Reclaiming the Man, A Rough Guide to Knowing Your Divine Self, that's out on um, paperback in ebook form, you can pick that up on Amazon and some other booksellers. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That helps us grow the show. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, send us an email, glowrymusic at gmail.com, or interact with us on our social media platforms. You want to be a guest on the show? Send us a query with a topic, with an idea, and we'll get back to you. Because we are, we're looking for new guests, so you, you think you got something to drop, some knowledge you want to drop, cool. Let's hash it out, and maybe we can get you on here. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to stop saying, uh, so much, so, uh, <laughs> shut up, Beavis. Uh, that was a pretty good impression, right? But you have to be 18 or older to come on the show. That's just a legal thing, so... All of you youngsters that's under 18 hitting me up, like you can't be on the show. But 18 or older, you think you got you got some knowledge you want to drop, get at, get at us, and we might get you on. But we might not, or we might develop a topic with you, which would be cool too. So getting in today's episode, we're talking about children, but this could also apply to people you work with in your business, employees, etc., Children are people, all right? They're not property. They're not investments. So I'll tell you a little story, right? There's a little boy. He really loved the sport of baseball. Started playing baseball at a young age. He was pretty good at it. Hits his first home run. First at bat in T-ball. He pulls it down the third base line. You know, rolls all the way to the fence, boom, rolls in, home run. And he just continues dominating from that until he's 11 or 12 years old. But by then, you know, mommy and daddy see the potential, so what do they do? They put Johnny on a traveling team. So every weekend, every spare weekend during the year, Johnny's traveling to a new place to play baseball. 
He was good enough. He got picked up on a traveling team. So mommy and daddy are paying for the hotels. Mommy and daddy are paying the fees to keep them on the team. And they're all in. They're all in for Johnny because they feel like Johnny has a future playing baseball, being a great baseball player. And Johnny loves the game, but he comes to them one day. Do I have to play this weekend? Let's say Johnny's 13 years old now. So he's in sixth or seventh grade, maybe eighth grade. Do we have to play this weekend? I'd rather go with my friends and go fishing. And mommy and daddy are like, nonsense, Johnny, you love to play baseball. So you're going to go play. We're paying a lot of money for you to be on this team. Remember the goal. You want to play in the major leagues, right? And Johnny sighs. And he says, yeah, I guess that's right. My friends can wait. Anyway, Johnny goes through this process. It's years. It's years of his life. He becomes a really great baseball player. However, as he's a senior in high school, doing some preseason training, and he's, again, still playing on the traveling team, even though he's playing with his high school team as well, and he throws out his shoulder. He just turned 18 years old. He's got a couple scholarship offers on the line. He's got a potential offer to go play professionally, though on a farm team. Let's say the New York Mets offer him a contract. Well, he has to have shoulder surgery. Now the colleges are backing off. Now the Major League Baseball deal is off the table. Johnny has the surgery. His parents, again, foot the bill for that. It's a lot of money going into that. And they've been paying money a lot all year, every year, since he was 9 or 10 years old. This investment into him being a great baseball player. And he comes to them and he says, Mom, Dad, I'm tired. I think this is a sign, this injury. Maybe I should just stop playing baseball. Figure something else out that I want to do. And be with my friends outside of the game of baseball. Now, how would you react as a parent is what I would ask. Some of y'all listening that are parents. When the mommy and daddy in this scenario are like, but Johnny, I thought you loved playing baseball. Right? We've put so much into you. You're right on the verge of becoming great. You're right on the verge of doing everything we've worked for. Notice it's the weave. All of a sudden it morphed into Johnny loving baseball to now we've done it. Well, correction, you, mommy and daddy, you have supported Johnny. You've supported him, but you didn't do the work. Johnny did all the work to get himself there. You supported him, which is good, but you see how this transition happened from Johnny loving baseball to baseball being a job to we can't change because, again, Johnny is an 18-year-old, done nothing but play baseball since he was 10, 11, 12 years old, hasn't developed certain aspects of his character and now mommy and daddy are so upset that Johnny says, I'm tired. I just want to be done with it and see what else life has to offer. Point being, at some point, the parents stop seeing 
their child in a way as a person developing in his own personality, trying to develop his character. And instead, it became about getting this far-fetched dream that the kid wasn't even really sure he had as a little boy. But the thing is, you know, when a kid is 10, 11, 12 years old, those dreams change, and that's okay. So at some point, his dream became the parent's dream. And then the parents became attached to that dream because of all the investment they put into the dream. They forgot the child had changed his dream long ago. But they feel at a loss because of the investment they put into that. And it became less about the child and more about the parents losing their investment. So, and you can apply this in a bunch of different scenarios in the workplace. Maybe it's different things in your own life, different people. Maybe you've been on the other side of it. But your children, they're their own people with their own hopes, their own dreams, and those dreams will change. They're not just investments. They're not your property. The same thing if you are a boss, you're a leader with employees, or just dealing with people in general, right? People are people. They're complex individuals with hopes, dreams, feelings, emotions. They're not property and they're not investments. And guess what? Those people's hopes, dreams, those will change over time. And that's where relationship comes in. But specifically with your children, and I'll say this as a dude in the coaching world, and a shout out to parents. Like parents, yes, demand excellence from your kids, especially when it comes to the sporting world. Demand excellence from them, but also understand that your kids are kids. They're not professional athletes, and we're doing them a disservice if we are treating them and expecting them to be professional athletes. They're not. Let your kid be a kid. If they're good enough, they'll, they'll, they'll climb the next rung in the ladder. That's just the way, the way it is. And I'll get off my soapbox on that because I don't want to get too far into it. But your children, man, they are their own people. That's what you got to realize. They're their own people. They develop their own personalities. They might have hopes, dreams, they might believe things that are different than you. They might have hopes and dreams that are different than the hopes and dreams you have for them. So you got to check yourself as a parent. You know, I'm going through this right now as my two get a little bit older. You know, the things I might have expected for them, the things that I might have envisioned for them when they were a little younger now that they're older are very different than what their current interests are are in the directions they seem to be going and my kids are still young but there's this kind of stark reality of what I envisioned being different than the reality that is presenting me now and I have to check myself as a parent and be okay with that and then encourage and guide my kids in those pursuits now, we don't want to raise a generation of quitters. I'm a big believer if you commit to something, commit to it and see it out. That end of that year, the end of that season, whatever the commitment is. But sometimes we go so hard in committing our kid to one path 
that we don't realize, like, yo, they're kids. They have endless numbers of endless, infinite paths opened up to them when they're that age. This might be the only time in their life where they're exposed or they have, you know, the freedom of choice and all these possibilities. And I think as parents, we have to recognize them as people with their own hopes and dreams and expose them to more of these possibilities instead of just trying to bully them into one or another that we might prefer. And that happens a lot. And, you know, as a parent, you do that in love with their own best interests at heart. But it's this fine line, this dichotomy, right, of am I doing this for my child or am I doing this for me? So I'm going to call you out and say, make sure you're doing it for your child and it's not about your own ego or you getting your own feelings hurt, etc. You know, um, I share a little anecdote about my own family. You know, um, one of my kids was having some trouble in school and performance-wise. And it was like, well, they understand the material. They come home every day, and they can literally, like, tell me everything that happened at school. They can get sit down and knock out their homework really quickly. I don't understand what the issue is at school. Uh, something must be wrong with the teacher. But reality is, and what I had to realize is, like, I was upset personally because that made me feel like a failure as a parent because my, my child wasn't getting it done in the classroom in this particular instance. And we figured out what some of the problem was. And it, again, kids act different when they're not around you also, something you gotta realize. But I say all that to say, I had to understand that my reaction was more about me being personally offended because I felt like a failure. I felt like I had failed my kids, and so I was naturally resistant to what the teacher was telling me. You know, and I have a, I have a good look at this. I have a different perspective on this because, I, you know, I'm a teacher and a coach in my profession, my professional trade. But it's just funny is I can see it firsthand every day, yet when I'm on the other side of the equation, I felt that natural inclination to do the very thing that got on my nerves about other parents and other kids. But you got to understand your children, they're people, they're their own people, and they're not investments. They're not property. And sometimes they might act differently and go in a different way than you might envision. Same thing with employees uh, that you work with, people you might be in leadership over. People might have a different way of promoting or going about a task. And I think it's up to you to hear them out. So, just something to consider. Uh, so that's point number one, right? Your children, they're their own people. Allow them to be their own people. I'm going to make three more points. So our second point will be you need to parent them and guide them. Okay, your third, my third point is they want your time and your attention and a focus. They won't want a bunch of tasks to do. And then fourth, your children want experiences. They don't want things. They don't want stuff. So on to point number two, right, you need to actually parent your children. You know, and I've done a lot of work through this 
and I'm not trying to call anybody out, but I've seen a lot of this where kids are in good situations, they have both parents at home, but the parents shuttle them from task to task to task to task, and then the kids struggle when they get older, when they get, you know, teenage, you know, their late teens or early 20s, and they're out on the world doing their own thing on their own and for themselves. And they're having trouble finding meaning. They're having trouble finding purpose. And here's the thing, man. Finding a purpose, that might be the most important thing that you could teach your children is how to find a purpose in the things that they do. And there are different ways to model that. I'm not going to get into those here, but it's huge. But I see these kids struggling with it, especially the young men. You know, we talked about this in a previous episode. The young women need to find a purpose too. But as a woman, you have a natural purpose inborn in who you are because you can carry a child. And so there's something in your biology that creates your personality because you already have a natural purpose, whether it's to change the world through this, change the world through that. Regardless of anything you do, you can carry life inside you and carry a child. And so there's a natural inborn purpose in you. You naturally have value because you can carry a child. Men, not necessarily in terms of finding purpose. Now, I believe every man and every person has value. That's not what I'm saying. But men have to find their own value in and of themselves, and that value comes through finding a purpose. Why am I here? Why am I doing what I'm doing? And a lot of the youngsters, again, late teens, early 20s, even getting up into their 30s, which I'm 36, or I'll be 37 when this episode drops. Having purpose in what you do is huge, but I see these kids who struggle with this when they're getting out, and I struggled with it myself, and it was not because their parents didn't try hard, but the parents put the focus on the wrong thing. We shuttled the kids from task to task to task to task to task, from thing to thing to thing to thing, so they could have the opportunities and be exposed to a lot of things. However, we didn't really parent them or guide them. We exposed them to a lot of different things, but we weren't really there parenting them and guiding them through that. And I hope you understand what I mean. Like, so there's a difference between putting a lot on your kid's plate, making sure they have their needs met, you know, physically in terms of food, shelter, clothing, and then other opportunities, you know, extracurricular activities, schooling, education, all of that. We make sure they have all that set in place, but I've seen a lot of people, and I work with a lot of kids who, and have worked with a lot of kids who all of that has come at the sacrifice or at the expense of them actually being parented and guided, right? They want your guidance. They don't want the guidance necessarily of the coach. They don't want the guidance necessarily of the teacher. They don't want the guidance necessarily of whoever gives, does the piano lessons, the swimming. Like These are all tasks and these are all skills that they can learn. Now, however, if they're not getting that guidance from you as a parent, i.e. that's what parenting is. Parenting is more than just providing food, clothing, shelter, and opportunities for them. It's actually being there 
in the dirt with them, being emotionally connected with them, listening to their wants and dreams, treating them as a person, back to point number one. And then through that connection, parenting them and guiding them, not controlling them, not telling them who they are and what they're supposed to be, but guiding them through their growth and that decision-making processes and actually allowing them to make decisions, allowing them to screw up and fail because it's better if they do that in your household where they have you right by their side to help pick them up. I'm not saying solve the problem for them. Kids need to learn how to solve problems on their own and the way you do that is by allowing them to go through some failures, allowing them to have problems and solve them. Now you can guide them through the problems, but do not solve the problem for them. But all that gets back to we've sacrificed that aspect because when kids aren't getting it from you as their parent, or let's say employees aren't getting that from you as their boss, they're going to seek it in these other places. So like kids will, okay, I'm not getting parented at home, so now I'm going to look to my coach to get the parenting that I need. I'm going to look to my piano teacher in that small once a week or however, however much time it is interaction to get some parenting and try to soak them up. Then, however, if they're not getting that from any other source, this is particularly with boys especially, you know where the kids look to it from, this guidance, this parenting Jordan Peterson talks a lot about this, too. He has a good talk regarding um, boys and um, kind of how they structure their social relationships. If they're not getting it from you as a parent, and particularly boys not getting it from a father figure, they start getting it from their friends. And this is where why gangs gang culture and these organizations form particularly amongst boys. Now they form amongst girls too, but it's a different thing. But they form that way because the child, the children are seeking this guidance and this parenting and they're not getting it either because the people aren't there at all and that's one issue. Or You've got the people there, but they're being shuttled from task to task to task to task. And the parents are doing it. Um, their heart's in the right place, but you're trying to give your kids the opportunity because they need the next and best. And then you're spending all this extra time working to try to provide them for the next and best when really all the kid wanted, what would have been more valuable was for you to be there to guide them through these things instead. So, that's point number two. Parent them, and parenting is a lot more than just provision. Providing, you know, food, shelter, and opportunities. It's more than that. You've got to parent them. You've got to guide them through things. So, again, recap. And point number one, they're their own people. And part of the parenting process is allowing them to do that, that guidance, which is point number two. Guide them. Getting into point number three, your kids want your time, your attention, and your focus. Your time, attention, and focus is more valuable than any 
task you're going to take them to, any practice, any extracurricular activity, any lesson, whatever you're spending money on to try to give your kid an advantage. The biggest advantage you can give is by giving your kid time, attention, and focus. And that has to be daily and doesn't have to be a whole lot. But make that time daily to be focused in that space with your child, interacting with them. And a lot of that is what happens in play. Like, for real. I'm guilty of this, too. And I use work as an excuse. A lot of us do. We'll use work as excuses. You know, so I'll be trying to interact with my kids, but I'm up on the phone. Say, I got to finish this work email. I got to respond to these people. I got to respond to those people. You know what? And this is what I realized because a couple months ago, I started taking a social media Sabbath on Sundays, meaning I don't do any social media and I try to limit my phone time as much as possible. And really, if I really wanted to cut back, I probably should just get rid of the phone altogether on Sunday. The only issue I have with that is, you know, my wife sometimes has to work on Sunday. She has commitments on Sunday, so we have to communicate that way. However, though, it's doing the social media fast on Sundays has made me realize, like, bro, if I just, I'm out for 24 hours, guess what I realize? The world keeps on turning. And so the world will keep on turning. If you turn that phone off, you turn the task off, and you give your kids a little bit of time and focused attention daily. See, what happens a lot in our society is we don't do that And it goes on and on and on and on and on, and we don't do that daily, and then we wait for that one, two, one or two weeks a year where we have this big vacation, and everybody loves it, and everybody reconnects, but then we spend the rest of the year disconnected when you could be making, literally making a paradise, making an Eden in your home by valuing that time, creating, and this is what, um, if you start studying the word Sabbath and what it really means and relates to, you're creating an architecture of time. You're creating a dwelling that, boom, you and your family step into with your child especially, relating to your children, and give them that specific time, attention, and focus. Whether you have multiple kids and you're all together doing something, or like what I do, and I recommend if you're not doing this, as a parent, and you know, speaking to fathers too, mothers, you can do the same thing. As a parent, spend one-on-one time with each of your kids, right? I have two, I have a girl, I have a boy. I take both of my kids on dates individually. I take my son out to do something he enjoys, just me and him, one-on-one. And I take my daughter out on dates, and we do things one-on-one, right? Her big deal, she loves to get donuts and go to the park. So we try to, I try to make that a regular thing that we do, just me and her, one-on-one. And I think that pays dividends in getting testimonies of older parents and kids whose parents did things like that with them. It really helps in terms of them understanding their self-concept and value. So if you're not doing that, men especially, take time, plan dates, with each of your kids and spend one-on-one time with each of them because it makes them feel special because ultimately your kids want your time, attention, and your focus 
So what you're saying is, I'm going to take this time out to focus solely on you. And now they're not competing with their brothers and sisters. Because this is a big thing that causes childhood trauma, little t, little t trauma, that breeds out later in life is because siblings are competitive and they're always competing for the attention of mommy and daddy. It's just a natural thing. This is one way to mitigate a lot of the bad effects of that. Uh, women that are listening, do this with your kids too. Take your daughters out one-on-one to do things with them. Take your son out one-on-one to do things with them as well. Um, it seems simple, but you'd be surprised at how many people don't know this, how many people don't do this, and I can just attest. Again, my kids are small. I don't have this parenting being figured out. I'm not a parenting expert because my kids are small. You know, I maybe could consider myself a parenting expert when my kids are my age or older. You know, I haven't figured this thing out. I'm just teaching you from experience, my own personal experience, and saying these things to try to give you an open mind. All right, but they want your time, your attention, and your focus. They don't really care a whole lot about the tasks that need to be done. Now, I'm not saying, saying they don't need to have responsibilities and things like that. And, you know, erasing accountability from them. But what they really desire from you is your time, your attention, and your focus because that establishes the connection. They're not going to form a connection because of, you know, a bunch of stuff you bought them or a bunch of stuff you taught them or brought them to do. Make a practice of it daily, too, is the other thing I would say. And again, I'm working on these things, too. I don't have it all figured out. And the last thing as a parent are your kids, they need experiences, not things, not stuff. And this has been a big point we've made with, in our family and with our kids. We try to mitigate the amount of stuff that we're getting all the time because it, it does become overwhelming both where to store the stuff, but also the kids. The kids don't really care about the stuff. Oh, they get this toy. They get this thing. They get that thing. They get that thing, right? And what we're teaching them is... These things don't have any inherent value, and then it's all about negotiating to get more things, but they don't learn that care, that time, that attention it took to get the thing or earn the thing. But the other thing is, man, these things don't, they don't have a lot, any life in them. And a lot of times, especially when our kids get older, we want to get them stuff so they can show out for their friends, but it's not even about them showing out for their friends. It's about you as a parent making sure you look good to the other parents. Oh, you know, you see it a lot of times with the kids. Um, you know, the mom or the dad is driving around this old junker beater car, and their kid who just turned 16 is driving around in a Mercedes. Now, granted, you want the kid to be in a safe, reliable vehicle. I understand that point, but you just, you know, you, you maxed out two credit cards to buy your kid this car. Why? Was that about you and making your kid safe, or was that about the kid in the car? The kid, like, no, that wasn't about the, 
the car the kid wanted. That was about you showing off to the other parents, right? So all of a sudden it's become about you. These things a lot of times are about you and making yourself feel validated to your kid, but not actually doing the things that may help your kid develop their character. Experiences are more important than things. So again, Take your kids to do stuff. Expose them to stuff that's new. Maybe it's something that's new for you. This is one of the great things. You can model vulnerability, humility, willingness to learn. If you take yourself, your kids, your family out to do something you haven't even done and you're not an expert at, and then your kids get to share in that process with you. It's powerful. But my, my recommendation was if you can expose your kids to experience, spend your time, effort, and energy on the experiences and less on the things, less on the tasks to be completed also, or the, we got to go out here and do this because this is going to give you an advantage to that. Like, do the things that are going to allow your kids to develop their character because character is the vehicle through which will carry them the rest of their lives. And that happens at an early age. And this is why people are complaining about the millennials, complaining the direction society has gone on. And every generation is going to do that about the generation before it because it's different. But you're complaining about all this, but who raised that generation? Ah, it was the parents. And me being an older millennial myself, I will say there was this focus on production, getting stuff, and economy. And there wasn't a ton of concern about who you became in the process. Right? The means justifies the end. The end justifies the means. Right? No. If who you become in the midst of getting to a certain goal is a monster, that's not justified. We have to flip this on its head, and it starts with, you know, me right now and some of you right now, the ones raising the generation coming up. We're raising them. The world that they're going to come up in is very, very much different than the one we came up in. So we have to recognize that first. And secondly, we have to allow their character to be developed, guide them in the development of their character in order for them to be able to handle the world that they have coming. And then the last thing I'll say about that is we have to leave the world better than what we found it. I think this is something that hasn't happened the last couple of generations. We need to leave the world and the planet in a better state than we found it because we can try to get our own. We can try to get what we want for us. We can try to get, try to get, try to get for us, right? But at the end of the day, we might be winning the battle, right, the personal battle for us, but losing the war, which is our children and their future. So please, please, please understand the decisions you make aren't in the vacuum of now, and they don't just lay down in a past. They actually create the future your children are going to live in. 
So it's a future you're going to provide one of suffering because of your own selfishness? Or are you creating a better future, one that is going to benefit your kids and your grandkids, etc.? And this is doing the work of eternity, affecting eternity. It really is. That's what you do. So please don't sacrifice your kids' futures for some selfish little wants and needs that you want now because you're trapped in your ego. You're trapped in your flesh. Don't do it, man. If you can't get over that stuff, one, sit in silence with God. You'll start seeing some things bubble up, and then you got to deal with them. And if you can't access it, you can't get there. You don't like the way life is progressing. Like, bro, go get some help. A lot of good counselors, a lot of good therapists out there that will help you work through that. Hit some things that you need to work on, and then boom, make a course correction and go live your life joyfully. So recapping, again, children, they're their own people. They're their own people, persons, whatever age they are, and they're not there to serve you. Actually, they're not even yours. They're gifts from God. God gave them to you. They're not your property, and they're not investments. Point number two, you got to parent them and guide them, like shuffling them from task to task, but without actually providing the guidance, not a good thing. Three, the par- your kids desire your time, your attention, and your focus. It's not about giving them a bunch of stuff or doing a bunch of tasks with them to try to give them an advantage in life. They want your actual devoted time, attention, and focus. And then the last thing you have to choose between experiences and things, give them experiences. Spend your time on creating experiences with your kids. And then in those experiences, right, time, attention, and focus. Going back to point number three, parent them and guide them through those experiences. And then understanding in the parenting and the guiding, it's related to them as their own people, not your necessarily egoistic wants and needs. So there you go. Parent your kids or lead those that are under you. Lead them for real in the right way. But until next time, it's your boy Monk. Peace and blessings to you from the Most High. I'm out.